between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise tonight. We thank you for your mercy and your kindness. We thank you for your unfailing love. We thank you, Father, for visiting us each and every time we gather. We say be thou exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, we just want to take this moment to just appreciate your name, to just appreciate you for all that you have been doing for us, ensuring that we are growing in righteousness, in meekness. Father, thank you, Father, for your mercy, which you are showing us every day, bringing light to us, helping our heart to come into the light of your name, into the light of your light. Father, we say thank you. We pray, O oh Lord, that as we go into the word tonight, we ask for mercy. We want to find blessing in you in the name of Jesus. We ask for guidance, Lord. We ask that you will guide us in your thought tonight again. In the name of Jesus. Father, I will pray, Lord, that you will show us your mercy tonight. That each and every one of us will receive mercy, grace, and help to align with your spirit tonight. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed and worshipped. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I welcome everyone here this evening. It's good to see our faces again. Uh, it's been it's been like two two weeks, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. It's been two weeks. Although, although it felt short, though. Oh, oh. I mean, the, the two weeks went by fast, right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Actually, actually, it felt a little bit longer than 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 normal. Actually, it did felt felt a little bit long. Amen. Praise. I was just teasing us, but I mean, the first week we are we were we were all at Teddy Light Up America, right? So. I mean, that was just one week out of the whole two weeks. So that was like just a week gone. Amen. Amen. But uh, it's so good to see our faces again. Uh, we really, really missed you guys. We really, really do. And uh, we are excited to see you again. And uh, happy to see our faces. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, I know it was um, over away. We were, we were in that meeting for a bit. So we only missed like two meetings so far. Uh, how many of us were able to join Saturday stream? I don't know because we were streaming from there last week. I don't know if we were able to join. Were we able to join the stream? I don't know. Okay. So it's like, so when we're not meeting, we're not able to join streaming. It is where? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, we had a beautiful time in uh, Edmonton. Um, we're there with Pastor Femi and uh, Pastor Mimi and their kids. 
and with the brethren there too. Uh, we had a, a beautiful time. It was it was awesome, and uh, we did really enjoy it. It was a nice vacation, eh? Amen. Amen. That, that was the, the, I, I, I think to me, I think that was the first vacation we've ever had. Yeah. Technically. <laughs> Technically. Not for this. I mean, ever. I think that was it. Amen. I know, of course, convention time is also vacation in the way, but I mean, most of it is pretty much convention. Yeah. And then we stay back a bit and, you know, still have some time to just fellowship with the brethren. But uh, let's say for us, I think it was just technically just the first, first official vacation, but it was beautiful. We couldn't stay long because of us, so I had to cut the journey short in just two, just two weeks. So technically one week after Light of America. Amen. Amen. I'm glad we are back, and I'm sure we are excited to be back. Amen. Yeah, can, can we close the window? I think we've had... Uh, earlier, it was very hot, so I opened the, the window to just cool the room down a bit. So, I think we should be fine now. Amen. Um, I'm just trying to remember a few things. I think there's an announcement. Well, not announcement. I think we've announced it before, but just to quickly uh, give a general... I, I know there was some introduction yesterday as well, but um, just let us know about Life Class. Life Class is a class that's just starting recently. Um, it's taking... So the, the, the class is... We're, we're using the initial Monday uh, prayer time. Uh, we've switched it for the life class. Mm. So, I mean, so we're very, very uh, careful not to not to add much burden. I mean, so we already have a time, and then if we add another time, then that's like almost the whole week. So we just have to switch that one. And uh, so the class is, on, is every Monday by 7 p.m. Winnipeg time. Amen. Amen. So it's, a, it's 7 p.m. Winnipeg time. And... Uh, it's called Life Class, and it's majorly for some of us that would love to uh, just um, learn more foundational. So it's majorly focused on foundational teaching. So for some of us that would love to just maybe refresh our memory, I personally am going to be attending the class too because I also need the, I need some foundational. Uh, what's it? Foundational upbringing. So I will definitely attend as well. I mean, spare time, anyways. So that would be awesome. And as Pastor Ceci has told us yesterday, most of the time we think we don't need it, but we do need it. He himself said he needed it. So if he needs me, I will need it for sure. Amen. So it's going to be an awesome time. We had a beautiful time yesterday. And I mean, the meeting is recorded. So maybe over time. I know the details about the how that will be made available is not yet available, but it's recorded. So I guess. There's something in the in the works and plan to make it available for everyone. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, is there any other thing I'm missing? I think that's it. I think that's it. Uh, if I remember, maybe uh, before the meeting ends, maybe, that. maybe there's something, but I can't remember. Anyways. Amen. Amen. Uh, without further ado, I guess we'll start going back into the Word. Amen. Amen. How many of us remember where we stopped the last time? Yeah. Who remember where we stopped? 
Amen. All of us are quickly checking our notes now. Eh? Are we checking our notes? <laughs> you are checking notes now. <laughs> is, it, is it wonderful? <laughs> I mean, it's okay because we are on vacation for two weeks. You know, it's okay. I mean, <laughs> but but I, now I'm really curious. What are we doing? Because I know when we are, we are supposed to not judge this tree. Okay, we've, we've not had meeting for two weeks. So what are we doing in those times? If we make use, let's say we, if you are not here for meeting, we are using, we're going to use the time for some other things. I guess you're also taking vacation, eh? <laughs> I know we are all we are all the same somehow. <laughs> Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. All right, since we can't, we didn't remember. Or do we have we checked our notes now? I mean. I think we were dealing on Second Corinthians four verse six for a very long time, mm-hmm. and then I think the very last meeting you were talking about the tabernacle, the different, like the faces, the outer court, and you were explaining how the light shines from the most holy place outside to bring us to bring our souls closer in closer to God. To God. Okay. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for for the quick update. Amen. Does anybody want to add something to that? No? Okay. So, Nolia has gotten us closer to the, to the mark. Amen. So, the teachings we were centering on was around Second Corinthians. I mean, I'm, I'm, I thank God that we actually remember that verse. Because, I mean, we spent a whole month, almost, almost a whole month on that scripture. So, if we forget that too easy, I was in, man, I don't know what I would do. Because <laughs> that, I mean, for a whole month, it's, it's almost tattooed into the heart. So if it's not tattooed, ah, that means we get work to do. I mean, maybe we need to go back there. <laughs> but hey, man, let's, let's just continue from there. So we're on that Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. And uh, we spend a lot of time there. And I think, hopefully we're still in that area and just explaining um, certain things concerning the light of God. And I know we've been learning the light of God. I'm sure by now, if you are asked, what is the light of God? What it is, how does it come? I mean, we should be able to at least uh, be explained to each other, or, or we won't be able to. So, who, who's confident that they will be able to explain what the light is? Or when we talk about the light of God, or when they are reading scripture and they begin to see the light of God being mentioned, it, it's, it will give you a lot more. Who's confident that yes, they understand what that is? Yay! Okay, so we are not we are not all confident, but at least ninety percent of us are confident. Confident. Okay, that's good. That's good. All right. Um, I hope the person that is not raising hand is not out of fear that they, they are not too sure that. <laughs> I hope it's not out of fear. No, sir. Okay. Okay. So if I will ask, what is not clear about it? Will you be able to to articulate what aspect of it is not clear mm-hmm. yes <laughs> you're the only person that knows and so, oh, I, sh- so I, I shook my head oh you shook your head yeah. okay 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 I'm sorry i misunderstood that okay so we're all clear what the light is we know what it yeah. is okay so if i ask what is the light can somebody just quickly shout what it is knowledge thank you thank you <laughs> amen I'm happy for that excitement. 
<laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. So we're really more teaching about the light, right? And then we're talking about where the light is coming from. And God had to command that light. We took us to explain what the tabernacle is. Because understanding what the tabernacle is gives us an aspect or an idea of where that light is shining from in the in the kingdom of God, really. Let me use that word. Amen. Amen. So um, after that, then we move to First Peter chapter 2. Uh, and then we read verse uh, 9. Say, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should shew forth the praises of him so who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Amen. Amen. And from here, what I was comparing is the aspect that says God had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, because this scripture is also talking about darkness, right? And I'm tr- I was trying to explain this darkness compared to the darkness that we read in Second Corinthians chapter four, right? And I was explaining that the Second Corinthians chapter four is darkness. It's not the, it's not a bad darkness. It's just talking about a place that is dark, where God commands light to shine from. Amen. Now, this First Peter chapter two. He's talking about God who called you out of darkness into his light. Amen. So that is a person that is inside darkness that God called out of darkness into his own light. Amen. Now, the, of course, when we talk about when we hear darkness and light, I'm pretty sure we also know that both, both actually means light. Right? Just that the light outside God is darkness. It's, it's called darkness. Right? And the light from God's perspective is light. It's what we call light. Amen. And light is how people function. We function by light. We are people of light. Because light means knowledge. And the soul of a man is a world of knowledge. Therefore, the soul of a man is a world of light. Inside the soul, all you just see is all kinds of light shining out of there, right? And when the light is shining, it means that it is being lived. Does that make sense? Right? So that is, uh, that is uh, the comparison that I was using. So darkness and light. So what we are called out of is an understanding, right? Into another understanding which is the light of God. So we are called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Amen. And how God actually calls someone out of darkness, right, is by the giving of his light. And I think that was the dynamics I was trying to explain earlier. Right? So, this scripture is talking about us coming out of a out of darkness, where we are naturally in, by default, when we get, when we are, when we are in the world, before we get born again, we are living in darkness. I want to say before we get born again, I think there is two things to consider. 
one, if I'm, a, if I'm born into a Christian home, there's a sense that we can think that maybe we are, we are born again, but we are not really born again, right? And some of us, maybe we are not even born into Christian homes. We're just doing our thing. And then we got an encounter and then we became born again, right? So there's two aspects about either ways, we are still in darkness in, in, in either of those scenarios until there is an actual encounter in every heart where every heart begins to have uh, a sense of calling unto God. Maybe you all of a sudden just decide, ah, Lord, I can't continue living my life the way I've been living it. I have to uh, live differently. I, I think there's some, there's some higher power that begin to search for God and then we get born again. We realize, no, I have to be born again. And then we are born again. And at that instance, the calling begins. Amen. So the calling out of darkness begins. Amen. And the light that actually makes that thing happen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, sorry, right? It's okay. Amen. I guess it was too loud. Amen. So God called us out of uh, darkness into his own marvelous light. So how God give how God calls us is to command his light to shine. And that's why we are now looking at that Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6, which says that God who had commanded his light to shine out of darkness. So that is actually God's provision to save us from darkness. Because that shine out of darkness, right, to give the light of the knowledge of, of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So that light that God commands to shine from the holy place is the one that has been shining. You know, even though we are not seeing it, it's shining to a soul to get that soul born again and then to also at least after a while, when the soul grows up, to begin to now see the kingdom of God. Then when he begins to see the kingdom of God, he can now labor or he can now um, or he or she can now, uh, there's that word I'm, uh, can, by violence, enter into the kingdom. Because I was mentioning that aspect of the scripture, which says, since the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. Amen. Now, you know, and the way we've always understood that scripture is that anything we want, right, we use violence to get it. And it's almost in a way we usually forget that they are talking about the kingdom is the one that suffered violence and the violence take the kingdom by force. So to us, there are all kinds of things we call kingdom. Sometimes it's car that we call kingdom. Sometimes it's house we call kingdom. Sometimes it's job we call kingdom. What else do we call kingdom? Baby. Sometimes it's baby we call kingdom, yes. Because sometimes when we are looking for baby, we say, the kingdom suffered violence. Oh Lord, give me my own. You know. There are all kinds of things that we look for. And when we now begin to check, we now realize that it's all our lust. It's not actually the kingdom. But the scripture says that this kingdom of God suffered violence. And the violence take it by force. It's not saying that we should be aggressive. It's just saying that 
for us to enter into the kingdom, there is much labor that will go into it. If we are not determined, right, we won't get there. You know, a violent person that wants something that is taking something by force means that they really, really want it. Now, if something is not of value to a soul, they won't, they won't even live there. They will not even use value there. They don't even look at it. But a soul that is looking for God would buy much laboring, desire, wanting the kingdom, would labor for the kingdom. And by, by that value just means determination. By much determination, a soul can then begin to enter into the kingdom. Amen. So it's that same light that God commanded to shine, right, that begins to give desires to his soul and then begin to see the kingdom and then the soul can begin to desire to move into the kingdom. Amen. Amen. And, and I think uh, there's, there's one keyword, what's really in my heart, because I think I've explained this first Peter to enough, is I'll go to that second, Peter, second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 again, just to bring out what I want to, to show there. Just in verse 6, say, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, had shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we can see clearly here, it says that it's, it had it shined in our hearts to give. That's the word I wanted to Focus on that's really what's in my heart. Talking about the giving of the light. Now, if God will give His light, there's a way He gives it, right? Even though there are so many things happening in the spirit. Okay, let's say really in the spirit, God says, "I want to give my life to a soul." You say, "Oh yeah, take the light." Now, how would that translate to a soul, a believer, right? That is here in the so-called natural, right? You know, sometimes, and I and I think part of our limitation sometimes. I mean, at least for me, I, you know, at some point is that you know, there's, it's hard to to picture what it would look like to receive something spiritual in the yes. natural. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So there is, and, and the reason is because there's a whole lot of arrangement. There's something certain are done to the way we think. There's something that are done to the way we, we see. I guess that's the word. There's a, there's a way we see that certain are stampered with. I'm pretty sure it's not difficult for Adam to see when God wants to give something to him. The dynamics, the operation, when things, is, when things are flowing from the spirit to a man, right, especially Adam, I don't think there will be any disconnect. When it's, when it's coming, you just, it's just a flow, it just flows, then you just receive, it just, it just naturally, there's nothing strange about it, there's nothing to, what's that word? There's a, there's a word I'm looking for that Pastor TJ used to say. Uh, it's almost like a kind of word. <laughs> it's not spooky. It's not spooky at all. But to us, it's always, you know, when we think about things spiritual, it's always spooky, it's always strange. And then we feel so much comfortable just, uh, let's see, okay, the way when I go to school, when somebody wants to give me something is that they will, I will see it in their hand. They will hand it over to me. I will collect it. Then I know clearly I have received something. If something does not come that way, our soul can just... So how will God give me something like this? But God does give things. So there's a way it translates into the natural how God can give his things. 
know there are many ways God, but well, not many ways. Okay, there are. Mm, okay, there are. There are. I don't. I don't okay, let me. Know, I don't have the word for it. We'll see. There is, how God gives things right comes with many wisdom, in the sense that part of it is the anointing. In short, the effect of it is the, without the Holy Ghost, forget anointing. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. The provision of the Holy Spirit is actually for the easy flow of the anointing from God to a believer. Right? In the past, you notice that the way God communicates with the prophet is that they must be anointed. Right? So the, the Holy Ghost is only made available in the Old Testament to three people, three sets of people the king, the prophet, the priest. Those set of people are, are those that have the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is made available. And the way it was given to them, it's not even the way it's given to you and I in the New Testament. Does that make sense? In the Old Testament, it's actually, it's a spiritual operation that God has to signify physically. But in the New Testament, you don't, they've moved things totally away from the physical, more into the spiritual. Yes, sir. Why? Because the New Testament is actually a provision of a spiritual thing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean that the Old Testament is not spiritual. Mm-hmm. It's just that there's a way God that there's a way God worked with people yeah. to make sure. Now Jesus has not died. There's no provision for everybody to receive the Holy Spirit. There's no spiritual provision. Let me put it that way. Unlike us now that we get born again, just believe in Jesus, then we have Holy Spirit. Then God can just begin to pour His Spirit upon you, begin to anoint you, begin to anoint you, right? Begin to receive infilling, begin to receive more filling of the Spirit. You no, know, God is not just doing that for fun. You know, sometimes when we're growing up, that's to us, that's majorly the main thing. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, ah, let me have more, let me have more. And then we pray, we fast. Ah! And really, sincerely, the truth is, I was just looking for power. Yes, that's just the, just yes, the truth, sir. just power you're looking for. Because there's, we can't say fat. In short, as at that time, I've not even seen anything called inheritance. So there's nothing like inheritance. So when I talk about inheritance in scripture, the only thing that I think about is, oh yeah, we'll make heaven. Right? In short, the word inheritance doesn't even strike out mm-hmm. to, to something important. Yeah. It's just, they'll just read it and there's a way we, you know, I might just interpret it and just go away. But it's not like that. Right? There's actually what it means. There's something called inheritance and it is real. Mm. Even though we can't see it, it is very, very, very real. Now, how it becomes, how things spiritual becomes much more tangible to us is that we are filled with the Spirit, then we are more in tune with spiritual things. That's how things of God begins to become much more real, real. to a soul. Yeah. Amen. So in the Old Testament, you have a priest that they must anoint. To say God, God told Moses how to create the anointing, mm. right? And then how to anoint. God gave Moses all those instructions. And the purpose of that is to make sure that those people have a provision of the Spirit. So if they want to... Okay, let me put this. You know, before a king even is anointed, before, there's no king. It's only judges, right? And those judges are mostly prophets, right? So you have prophets, you have priests, or priests, pretty much. Right? You have priests. And some of the, most of the time, when you look at priests, most of them are actually... A priest is almost the same as a prophet, because of the it's God that does. I mean, it's not it's not always that way, yeah. but of course we've seen in the scripture where a priest is also a prophet. Mm-hmm. 
right? But of course, we have priests. Amen. So God will anoint a priest, anoint a prophet, also anoint a king. So those anointing is to make in a way the spirit of God available specifically to those people. Right? Because there's no spiritual means to receive. There's no means really. So the only way God can make it available is to tell Moses, right? Okay, this is how and no, lineage after that, how to anoint. And once they anoint them, now, now notice that all of a sudden, the moment they anointed, the spirit of God will come upon them. So which means the spirit of God coming upon them is linked to them being anointed. So they anoint, then the Holy Spirit will come. Now when you talk about the anointing really, although I don't know if that's what I want to talk about today, I feel like today I'm not going to talk too much. Amen. You people don't trust me. I'm serious, you people don't trust me. Because the way I'm talking is the time is not even going fast. So it's like I won't talk, I won't talk, I won't talk much. Amen. We are still in we are still on track. Still on track. Amen. Amen. I'm sure you will be happy today that you will spend time. Amen. Which I let me not talk too much before I go ahead before myself. Anyways, so you now realize that the anointing itself is actually in its uh, the, the, the reason for the anointing is to allow the flow. Or they are, or let me put it this way the anointing is actually a carrier of things. So the anointing it is in itself. Is, is the purpose of the anointing is to carry things to people. So the anointing in itself is not the power. Let me put it this way. But the anointing is the provision. is for a provision of things. Spiritual. Amen. Now, what am I saying? Let me, let's go to Psalm 45. Maybe that would make sense. Just to explain that area a bit. But I don't want to focus on that too much. But just to give us a uh, Amen. So we'll read from verse 6. Psalm 45 verse 6 to verse 8. Say, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Say, the scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore, God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Now says, all thy garment smell of myrrh and aloe. And Cassia, say out of the ivory palaces whereby they have made thee glad. See verse 7 says, Therefore, God thy God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness. Now, I'm not going to explain what all of gladness is in case maybe we have questions because that's not the focus, right? But I just wanted to show here it says, God anointed someone, of course, they're talking about Christ here, right? With the oil of gladness. Now, this oil of gladness is is they are explaining a kind of oil that makes you that makes us glad, right? Now, says all thy garment smell of myrrh 
aloe and cassia out of the Arab ivory palaces whereby they have made thee glad. <laughs> you notice the statement is you are they were it was anointed with the oil of gladness. So the oil of gladness means that gladness is in the oil. Now they're not making they're not mentioning to us what in the oil makes us glad. Now says all thy garments smell of myrrh, aloe. See this myrrh, aloe, and cassia are properties in the oil. They they actually seeds things that they mixed with the oil. That's what the oil carries. So when you say oil of gladness, means this oil carries gladness. Now these things inside the oil are things that makes someone glad, right? Now what they are explaining here is that the oil contains gladness. I mean, the same way they can say the oil of gladness, they can also say oil of oil of joy. Well, it's the same thing. But they can also say oil of, I mean, oil of peace. They can also say oil of, oil of, what, what else? Oil of uh, righteousness. They can say oil of ability to be a king. Right? Meaning that the the oil itself is a carrier. So in the Old Testament, we can say when they anoint them, the oil is is carrying the spirit. So when they anoint them, then the spirit will rest on them. If that may, just using that analogy, Amen. So the oil, when they anoint them, then the spirit will rest on them. Now, in the New Testament, they don't have to anoint physically. The way they used to anoint the kings and the, and the prophets, right? And the priest. Now, there's a... Okay, I, I mean, what we see, I, mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to go too much. I think, I think that in the past, I think I talked about it a while, but I've, I've talked about the oil of gladness. Now, an example of a king that was anointed is Saul. I don't know if you read that part where Saul, the first king in Israel, was anointed. And when God instructed... Uh, Who's this prophet? Samuel, yes. To anoint the king. And the moment he anointed Saul, the spirit rested upon him. And he began to prophesy with the, with the, uh, with the prophets. The spirit came upon him. Then he was going, then he met a company of prophets. Right? And then as he joined with them, he began to prophesy with them as well. Amen. So we can see that example of a king being anointed. Also, a priest can be anointed. Or let's say the way God told Moses to anoint Aaron. Okay, let's go to that one. Let's go to Exodus. That Exodus I said we should all read it. So let me from verse 1 say, and, and take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons, with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister to me in the priest's office. Amen. Amen. So that's why he was saying he would take him. Now let me go to verse. Uh, let me go to chapter. No, not that. Let me go to chapter 40. I think it's also there in 40. 
Let's let me read from chapter. Let's go to chapter forty, verse twelve. Because in twenty-eight, chapter twenty-eight, God was telling Moses to to separate Aaron and his sons so they can make they can minister. In this chapter forty was where they were summing up everything that was done. So God was repeating again what they have to do. And then in verse twelve, He says, "And thou, okay, let me go. Uh, yeah, twelve. And thou shalt bring Aaron and his sons unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and wash them with water, right." And thou shalt put upon Aaron the holy garment and anoint him, you see, and sanctify him that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. So this is where they took Aaron, anoint him to enable him to minister as a priest. Now, what will enable them to minister as a priest is the, holy, is the, is the spirit. The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit really is the enabler. But for the Holy Spirit to enable them, they need to anoint them. So they, they anoint them so that the Spirit can flow. So the oil carries the Spirit. Which once they are anointed is a sign in the natural, but it's actually a, a, an interpretation of a spiritual operation. Such that when they anoint them in the natural, there's actually a flow in the spirit unto them to give them the Holy Spirit. Amen. So really, the anointing makes things flow. So the anointing is a carrier. It carries. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, the, the anointing is given to us. Or we receive the anointing to um, receive flow of things in the spirit. So that's that, of course, I mean, our God is that I was just explaining how things in the spirit flows into the natural. Amen. So, in the New Testament, of course, those kind of things still happen in the spirit. But it is much more a spiritual operation. So when we get born again, you don't see anybody coming to anoint you and then you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But those things happen in the spirit. Once we get born again, right, there is a flow and there is an anointing that comes upon. There's, we receive some anointing, then Holy Ghost comes. We receive the Holy Spirit. Then God can keep giving us more anointing. Or God can keep feeling, because whenever we have an infilling of the Spirit, really, what's that? We are being anointed. Or, another word for that is we are being baptized. And to baptize somebody is to immerse. Right? So when you immerse someone into something, and that, that has also as a sign in the spirit. It's like you are being immersed into something. So something is... And I don't know if there's an English word. Something is encapsulated. You are being... Because the purpose of... Oh, let me, ah, yeah, this word makes sense. They are marinating us in the spirit. Because I think that one makes more sense. You know when you marinate something? You, you put it around it and then you leave it. So that that thing can enter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what they are doing to us when they are baptizing us with the Holy Spirit. When we are, being, when we are receiving an infilling. And t- really, the, the purpose of marinating a, of marinating a, 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 marinating a food, or let's say chicken. I don't know, some people actually use oil. Right? So after they put those, they now put oil, rub it with oil, then they put it together, and then they seal it. <laughs> so in a way, part of I'm thinking part of the reason for the oil is actually so that so that it can carry those things into yeah. tiny tiny particles of the matter so that it can flow into the yeah. 
the meat. That's exactly what is happening to us when we are receiving the Holy Spirit. Or so when we are being anointed. So that's what I'm just explaining anointing in a way. I don't I don't think I have grace or anointing to explain it, but I shall explain it small. But <laughs> that's it. Amen. So that's what happens when things flow. So there's a way God gives things to us. And really, I'm just thinking about it now. It just occurred to me. Actually, God can't give us anything without the anointing. Every time we receive something from God, you notice that you are anointed. Why? Because you just all of a sudden receive something coming. Especially when you are reading the scripture and you begin to feel the anointing. It's a flow. There's something flowing in the spirit. There's something that it means that God is giving something. Or the Holy Spirit is highlighting something that is to be given to a soul. So when God wants to give, we will be, there will be a flow of the anointing. There has to be a flow of the anointing. And it's a sign that something is flowing in the spirit to you and I. Amen. Amen. So let's not let's not. Okay, I think what I'm saying is to make sure, to make us see that things flow in the spirit. Even though we can't see it, it is real and it is tangible. I'm pretty sure most of us have experienced the anointing at some point. And you, can, you just imagine that it, at that instant, what is happening? Mm, this is where I felt. This, all those feelings, things that happen, just means that anointing is resting to give something. And the way, and not before, the way I've understood it in the past is that when anointing flow, sometimes we focus on the anointing rather than what the anointing is giving. Yeah. And it's possible, and yes, that's a mistake a, yes, a child sir. will make, a baby will make. I've made that mistake. Because yes, when I was growing, I just want to feel the anointing. I don't even know what the anointing is bringing. In short, I can feel the anointing. I know something is feeling, but I will misinterpret the anointing and say something different. Yes. Because I'm not aligned in the spirit. And because my mental, my ment- or the way my orientation is, is, I'm more designed to focus on the anointing. I feel the anointing. Ah, I could just get excited about the anointing. Yay, anointing. Why? And I want, I, want, I want to be more intentional about what is God doing. So I'll just carry the anointing, play with it, make use of it. I can even use it to sing. I just feel like, ah, I feel like singing. Oh, Lord, my God, yeah. When I'm in awesome wonder. I'm enjoying it, but I'm not much, I'm not concerned about what, I mean, and there's nothing wrong enjoying the anointing. Over time, over time, I believe it's also God's wisdom to move us from a point whereby we don't just focus on the anointing, but focus on the anointing and what the anointing ought to bring or give. Amen. I guess, I guess maybe it's me that is, you know, you know, sometimes when things happen, I, I think I'm just thinking about, ah! see how long I used to enjoy the anointing before I realize that anointing brings something. I'm like, ah, people are the expo. Yeah. Eh? Shortcut, quick, quick. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Where it is where? Eh? See this this shortcut quick quick now it should help, it should help us grow faster anyways, mm-hmm. but for some of us it took us years before we realized that, that this tiny little thing that I was just saying now it took us years mm-hmm. before we realized wait oh, and not just for anointing though, 
There's something anointing brings. They will not realize that we are more... In t- that one actually fosters relationship much more. That aspect, when you focus on the anointing alone, is about yourself. It's not really about you and the spirit. We are, ju- we are just using the spirit for something. For our own agenda. Right? Because, oh, I like the anointing when it flows up. Well, yes, but I already have things in my mind. I want to do with it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the anointing flow. We are healing. Well, who, who wants to be healed? Well, come, come, come. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. Ah, and I think this makes sense in the sense that, you know, every gift has its own anointing. You know, there is the healing anointing. It means that when anointing is flow for healing, it means the anointing is carrying healing. Right? You know, there's anointing for prophecy. There's anointing for tongues. There's anointing for interpretation. You now realize that everything, the way God actually moves things from himself to us, is actually by the anointing. Amen. No, I guess, because of time, let me move forward. But I think, I've, I don't know, maybe only Holy Ghost just wanted me to talk on this a bit. Right? Just to explain, I don't know why I was staying on, for, I don't know, for a while now, I don't know. But anyways, um, but this area is to, just to show us that everything God does is by the anointing. Right? So when there is a flow from the Spirit to us, what is flowing is the anointing. And the anointing is a carrier. And it carries things to you. Carries things to us. So different sometimes when God wants to show you something, you feel the anointing. It's to give you something. Maybe it could be an understanding. It could be it could just be pure, maybe healing. It could just be maybe baptizing or marinating you in the spirit for the purpose of better relationship. Or for the purpose of being much more spiritually intertwined. Amen. But there are still provisions. Like I said, sometimes when the anointing is coming, right? It may seem as if it's not, it's not to give anything. But no, there's something it is doing. It could just be just to marinate you. Just, just be used to the anointing. So that you can descend, you know? Because guess what? Satan also gives his own anointing. What am I saying? It's like the way a soul functions. Is really by anointing. Or oh, another word for okay. Ah! Now be careful, but anyways, because I don't want to confuse us. But whenever God allows us to teach on grace, fine. But I wanted to say most of the time anointing is also grace. When you are graced for something, because grace is what makes you do something effort seamlessly. It means that somebody is anointed for that thing. Yeah. No somebody can just be graced to just sit down and explain. Not just that, or to interpret maybe from English to another language. Somebody can just be too graced for it. There's an anointing flowing there. It's a grace. Of course, but really, really, if we dissect it further, I won't say anointing is exactly grace. But grace can be given by the anointing, right? But when grace is at work, there's is there's almost like a feel of anointing. I think that's what I'm trying to explain. Because when you're doing something and it's just sweet for you, graciously, yeah. uh-huh, that sweetness is, a, is somehow it's almost, almost a flow of the anointing. Or maybe you're doing something and just finding a flow. Just anointing. You can be studying. And you're studying, you're just, having, you're just finding a flow in what you're studying. You're just entering. There's an anointing at work. 
So we are so much intertwined with anointing. Sometimes we don't even know it's anointing. Yeah. So the only time we take his anointing is when we are in the spiritual garden and the Holy Ghost descend yeah. and everybody's falling. Pah, pah, pah. Anointing is here. Anointing is here. Yeah. We are much. See, we, anointing is everywhere much more yeah. than you know. Because yeah. man can't function without anointing, really. If a man is to do something well, well, it has to be by the anointing. And if you are doing Satan's thing well too, he's another anointing. Satan has his own. Somebody can have anointing to slap others. I don't know why I always give example of slapping. Why? I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know why this slapping thing is always coming to my mind. I'm, I don't know. Does somebody like to slap here? Who likes to slap? Me? I don't like to slap. You like to slap? You are repent, but you like to because I wonder, maybe only goes know somebody about us. Maybe it's even me say, but I don't slap, though. I don't slap. I, I can't remember the answer, but I don't think I've ever, well, maybe I've slapped somebody, but I don't think I've ever slapped anybody. Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe have I slapped you? <laughs> no, no, spanking bum bum is not slap. I don't slap, I don't slap. I don't slap. Maybe I have a tendency to slap somebody, I don't know. But I don't slap. There's some, there's, it's like somebody here likes to slap. Or maybe somebody listening to me likes to slap. I don't know. Because I always give that example. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or is somebody not telling me the truth? Well, somebody, somebody has confessed that they like to start at their event. <laughs> but I don't know. I always give that slap example. I don't know. And somehow it's sweet. Maybe because I imagine it. Ah. Yeah? Somebody can be graced to suspect. Somebody, somebody can be anointed to be suspicious. Before anything do something like this, you already start thinking. Pa, 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 pa. It's an anointing that is flowing, but it's not. It's not God's own. Yes, sir. You can be anointed to do many things. Some of so most of the time, how we know what we are supposed to do, really? Most of the time, in short, some of our profession, eh, is actually by anointing. Sometimes you can just detect that, you just have grace to do certain things. Is a flow. It's an anointing. You are graced to do it. Don't notice that it just comes to you. They, some people might be thinking, how can I do this? They will think, 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 think. Ah, is it not just to do this? Ah. Then somebody will just come. Ah, ah, you see what you want to do? Ah, no, now nah, just take this. They put this together. That's all. If you want to ah, ah. What's going on? It's anointing. I don't know why I'm going this direction. No, Jesus is Lord. What am I saying? There's an example Legos is giving me now. And I don't know. And it's to deal with us. Yeah. It's to deal with us. You know, sometimes, some of us, we are jealous of people who are anointed to do certain things. Yeah. But you don't have grace for it. Yeah. But you have grace in something else. Yeah. But, now, I'm not talking about being, being, uh, converting a good nature. Yeah. I'm just talking about sometimes what, when we see, because the way things are given to people, it's really bad if I notice somebody, I just have grace to do certain things. Yeah. It is better that person do it than I do it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm. Why? Because I just know that you have grace. Me, I don't have grace. Mm. Now, if me, I don't have grace, do the, the thing, and somebody have grace, do it, which one would be better? Yeah. For some of us, we want to you know sometimes maybe it could be, it could be in the, in the sense of maybe you want to show maybe power or different things. Just say, no, I'll do it. Uh, 
And you know, you know realize that this aspect is where you, is what you see it clearly when you are managing. Because a manager is just is just putting things, graces together to function. Yeah, but some of us we want to because we know we are we want to do it. I can do it. I can. But it's different if you can do it and you realize that somebody ought to do it. In short, I, I would rather teach the person, make sure the person gets it, and you know because you can transfer grace and you can transfer anointing. Mm-hmm. You know anointing can transfer. Sometimes the way they transfer anointing is by teaching. When somebody learns it and they begin to culture themselves with it, they can become skillful in it. It's possible to transfer. But the thing is, whatever we don't have, eh, let's not let's not force it. Again, as well, let's not force it. And don't don't. Be, will, be much more willing to let those that are skilled to do certain things do it. It's actually a practice in righteousness. Ah, there's something I'm trying to explain. In the sense that the ability not to use your... I think what I'm trying to explain is ability not to use your own power. Because whenever maybe we find that somebody, others can do something that we can, because we are in a place of power, we can tend to now... No, ha, I'm the one I'm supposed to be the one to know to do it. <laughs> it's not like that. Mm. That thing is actually a show of power. Mm. It's actually an evil seed. Mm. We, should, we should be much more, anything that would make us use our power, we should check it, discern it, think about it. Wait, ah! Because in the Godhead, even though they have power, they are always in a constant state of not using it. And that's the secret of defeating Satan. Because Satan will always yeah. use power, use it, use it. Ah, I don't know why I tell you, but that's it. Let me move further. So anointing is, is what allows graces to flow. Things. And when it comes to even profession, like I was saying, I think I an, there's an example I wanted to give there before I move forward. Ah, time has gone. I'll round up soon. Anyways. I promise you I will finish very early. But we started like like 10 minutes late, so I see how like 10 minutes. So, not actually 10, much more than 10 minutes, but sorry a bit late, but I see I'll, let's say I have 10 to 15 minutes and then we're done. Amen. So when it comes to even uh, just using that aspect of grace, right? We are anointed for certain things. Sometimes it's how to is how we discern even our career sometimes. Right? Because we just know that ah. I have grace doing what what you notice what you notice is that when you have grace doing something, you enjoy doing it for the rest of your life yeah. than doing something you hate doing. Yes, when you are doing something you hate doing, sometimes it could just be that you don't have anointing for it. Now, okay, now I have to balance it now because there's some people that that hate their job. Eh? They just hate it. And now, when I'm talking about anointing, I'm not talking about being lazy. Uh-huh. Some, some, some people can be lazy I'm talking about you being sincere with yourself after you have been diligent uh-huh. not just that because we can quickly move into area where some people just felt like I don't think that is for me mm-mm, mm-mm. that I don't think that is for me let's analyze where it's coming from right because I know this, this thing I mentioned so people will just take it as a license oh, oh, ah 
this job, I'm quitting my job. Ah, calm down, no. Calm down. And some of us, we, we should be doing some things that just, just makes a holy good. Maybe, for example, now as a student, I can't do, there are some things I can't do. There are some jobs I can't do. I have to take them, even though I hate them. But I have to do it. But there's a goal. It's not that I'm going to stay there forever. Right? But I have to do it because that's what the situation allowed at, 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 that, at that time. Now, if I had the opportunity to do what I love doing and still make money from it, I would do it. But then I didn't have any wisdom, especially situation that I met. I don't, I'm not even a power resident, I'm a student. I'm a bloody student. Do you know what that means? <laughs> no, I'm not just a student. I'm a bloody student. <laughs> you know that, I know that word bloody, I hear. There's, there's a reason I use that word bloody. Because when you have blood there, you can tell that there's suffering attached to this thing. Just a student that is constantly dying. You when you see when you see me, you just see blood. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and I know there was a okay. Wait, oh, since my second year, I've been driving. Even though I was driving the car, I was still a, I was a blood. But the car was just necessary. As at that time, I mean, but man, forget it, man. It wasn't fun, right? I had to do what I had to do. I still went to school. But if I had the opportunity to, if my situation allows it, I probably would have done something. Amen. But I was just saying this, or the, the aim of saying this is that for, maybe for some of us that are going to school, part of, you know, because I know maybe in the first year, there's a whole lot of confusion, and part of knowing what we are good at is, you know, just, there's something you just, maybe it, there's a class I took, and I just knew, ah, I love this thing. It's just like naturally, when I see it, something just, it's excited inside me. Yeah. I'm like, ah, it's like, but that I didn't know how to interpret it. But I just knew I loved it. I'm like, I love this thing. Because I can literally bury myself in it. And technically, see what I'm doing now? That is what I'm doing now. Pretty much. Amen. 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 But like, enough of that. Let's move, quickly move forward. So, what I was saying is that the anointing is to give. Right? So, how God give us things is by the anointing. And we'll see that later. Right? Because I know... Ah! What I want to connect this to, really... Is when it when Holy Spirit is beginning to move us into the aspect of revelation for the purpose of entrance into the kingdom, you now notice that there's an anointing that begins to flow to and explain scripture. Uh-huh. And I guess this makes sense, and this is where I'll probably round up, but we'll read the scripture. So this second Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verse 6. So, so second Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 6, right? Which says that for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness at shining our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So, to give. So, the purpose of God commanding that light to shine is to give. And what it is given is the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. So, when God is giving that light, there's a way He gives it. And how he gives it is by the scriptures. Amen. Amen. How God said to give the light of the knowledge. Because the scripture is actually a world of light. God can animate the world to begin to come up and begin to shine upon the soul. To give a soul knowledge. Amen. 
This is part of the reason why we must bury ourselves with the word. We should acquaint ourselves with the word because if God is going to speak to you and me, the only way he's going to do that is by the scriptures. If somebody is telling me that God told them that they should go and do something, yeah. something, something, yeah. ah, and then I ask you, okay, do you know the Bible? No. I first of all question that thing that God asked them to do. I first of all question, is it God that asked them? And I begin to judge it, check it. Okay, could it be God? Why? Because anything outside the world, it is unsafe. And that's why we need the knowledge of the world. We now realize that God can speak to you and me much more easily when we are acquainted with the world. Amen. So we read the scripture to explain this, to give the light. And I'll give it is by the word. Amen. Now let me open that scripture. Amen. Can we open to the book of... Uh, Psalm 119. There's two there's two places in the scripture we read in that psalm. Psalm 119. I don't know why. No. If I'm using my Bible, I found it. I'm I'm just acquainting myself with this iPad thing. See, I found it quickly. And it's so funny that it's, it's supposed to be easier because, but well, for some reason, I'm just not seeing Sam. Where's Sam now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My Bible, I found it quickly, but this one. Okay, so, Psalm 119, verse 10. I think it's 105. Is it 105 or 109? Yeah. Is it, is it 105? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. It says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. She said, Thy word is a lamp. And we all know that a lamp is a light. This is a lamp, even though it's a chandelier, but it's a lamp. Because technically, it's a lamp that is now electricity. But before the olden days, it's a lamp they use. Maybe it is written. In this day and age, they will say, Thy chandelier is a lamp. <laughs> but, 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 but in reality, a chandelier can't be a lamp onto the feet. Because the chandelier is over. Now they're talking about a light that is by the path. Right? Because they what is a lamp onto my feet? But because it is a lamp for walking. So it's more, it's not a lamp that is in a house. Right? It's a lamp for journeying. And when you are journeying, it's true, Sha. And even though this thing, it passed both old and present time. Because in present time, you can't even use chandelier. You actually, to go on a path, you actually need a lamp. Because you need a light that can move yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, this chandelier is, is, is stable. You can't carry it. But a lamp, you can carry it as yeah. you are going. Yeah. Right? Just that they modernize the lamp, but a lamp is still a lamp. In the olden days, they used kerosene and all kinds of fuel, but now they are using electricity. There are still, there are still lamps that still use kerosene and all those things. 
like the one we use in Nigeria. If you know where to find it, you'll find it here. Seriously. Yeah, you find it. I actually saw, you know those lantern back at home? I went to a, a scrapyard. Not a scrapyard, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an office where they recycle metal. I just saw those lamps. I, I, I I'm like, ah, so there's this kind of thing here. So because somebody came to scrap it, that tells you that you can find it in places. So you need a light that can travel. So the scripture is saying, thy words. And take, take a look at it. This word is mobile. It's like a lamp. It can travel. You know it can travel. And it's so and it's so like the way it can travel is so flexible in different ways. When you carry Bible with you and you're going, it's flexible. When you are traveling, you go carry Bible now. It's mobile. Now they even made it more flexible. They put it inside tab, your phone. That means you can carry it anywhere. Where, where if you have access to this and you read it, you can also carry it wherever you are going. Mm. Even without carrying the Bible. Mm. Somebody told me about the in, in Asia, they don't have access to the scripture. So whenever they have access, to, when somebody they can they will take it, they write it inside notes. I think there I think they, there were some people that they jailed that for them to have access to the scripture. They'll take maybe one pass, one 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 uh, page, write it down, so that they can sneak it into, let's say, I think it's prison or somewhere, but I can't remember. Then the person that is there needs to take it, memorize every single thing, and throw that paper away, yeah. because they wow. must not catch them with that paper. Wow! So you and I that are enjoying ourselves, we just see Bible every day, we play with it. We don't even read it. We'll be like, ah, I'll read it tomorrow. I read it next. Some people don't have access to that. Some people, the moment they read it, they have to digest, memorize every single thing, word for word, within, I'll say, I don't know how many, but I think it's not even that long. But let me assume maybe eight hours. Memorize it, then throw the paper away. What happened is that they've moved that word into there, and they can carry it wherever they are going. I guess this will encourage us to read our Bible. It should. Yes, sir. Even though I know that we'll still play with it for a few days. No, it's not the, the, it is, when a soul is comfortable, the, the most difficult thing is to cut covenant with that soul. Yeah. That's why sometimes for God to get us to do certain things, they have to put us in a, in a very unpleasant situation. Sometimes once we are in a, on a, an unpleasant situation, we think that God is, is vexing for us. No, He's not vexing. He just wants to achieve something. And some of us will be praying. Lord, no, Lord, no. Ah, my situation must change. I'm going to look at you. <laughs> I mean, I would not see the situation you are praying for me to change. I would not change it. <laughs> Why? Because you must go through this so you can be better. Yeah, amen. amen. So, let me quickly read it. I know I only have like a few minutes more, and like I said, I won't spend too much time with you. So, today we are, we are excited. Amen. So, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path. So they're talking about two things that the light of God does. Right? Like I said, how God gives his light is by his word. So this scripture is telling us how the word functions. Say, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path. It is the lamp or it is the word that you will carry with you. For the purpose of lightening a path. 
And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the intent of the word is actually to take you in the path of life. Right? So it's the word, the purpose of the word is to take you and I in the path of life. So we can quickly recite Psalm, Psalm 17. Thou leadest me in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake. Say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He may me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside, he leadeth me beside still waters. He restored my soul. Mm-hmm. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake. You see, he's leading. How he's going to lead you is by his word. But there are all there are dynamics to leading. Right? But what I want to bring out here is that the word of God leads us in a path. And that scripture that says, he leads me in the path of righteousness. So the word of God is not just to, for us to know and know things that are speaking to us like healing and all those things. That's part of it, right? I'm not disputing that at all. But there's also the intent of the word, which is to give us an inheritance, right? Because Paul was praying to the church in Acts. He said, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace. For what purpose? Yeah? To build you up and give an inheritance among them that are sanctified. And among those that are sanctified are those that have gone through the path of righteousness. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Because for a soul to be sanctified, he must have gone through the path of righteousness. Now, what that means to us, in case we are trying to figure out what does that mean now, Pastor Mogunu, what it means is simple. Is that you are going to go through a way, a path, for you to end up in the point of being sanctified. He's talking about the journey of our soul. Our soul will be led in the path of, will learn righteousness to end in sanctification. Amen. So, the word of God is to lead us in the path of righteousness. So, it is a lamp unto my feet. And a light to our path. So there's two operations is doing there. Now where you are standing is going to light your feet for you to see where you are for your leg to where you are going to tread on. And then it's going to light where you are supposed to go. And it is to lead. Amen. Then there's another part we will read. Let me see if I can find it. The entrance of thy word given light. I think it's Psalm 109. Let me find it. Now, this is to, I don't know if I'm saying something, it's Psalm 19 again though, so verse 130 I think, it is, because something was telling me in my head that, one, oh yes, it's 119 I forgot, because 109 is, is something else, Psalm 109 is uh, all of us that are going to heavens, the, the Lord has established his throne, so this one is Psalm 109 verse 130. Now, I think we should, sorry, Psalm 119. Actually, read this Psalm 119 through. You notice that this, this particular passage is centered on the word of God. This particular passage, this particular chapter of Psalm 119 just kept talking about the word. Different aspect of the word. Some here you will talk about testament, you will talk about covenant, all those things. But really, it's just to talk about the word. What it is. Say, so, teach me thy statutes. That's another part. I'm just reading randomly. 
Now, how will he teach us his statutes is by his word. So this this particular passage is just talking about what the word can do, different things about the word, but read it, you will find it very, very interesting. So let me read verse one thir- verse uh, one thirty. It says Let me for one thirty nine. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Therefore doth my soul keep them. And that says, The entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth what? Understanding to the simple. The entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. So it gives, it gives, it gives something, light. Say so that it gives understanding to the simple. It's actually explaining that one that, that says it giveth light. Because when light is given, it's knowledge. It is for the purpose of understanding. But there are a kind of people that will receive it. They are the simple. Now, who are the simple? They are, the simple are those that have learned the milk of the world. They have been, they have been, he's talking about a discipline. Right? He who is simple is he who has been perfumed. Who have been marinated with the milk, disciplines of the milk, attitudes of the milk, what faith should produce in a soul. Amen. Now, what I'm trying to say, picture here is that there are a kind of people that move into the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Although we are, that's where we are going, but I'm just this is a sneak peek. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, when it comes to a soul, right, it comes to those that are simple. Because those that are simple are those that are ready to move into the kingdom. Amen. It says, Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore does my soul keep them. The entrance of thy word giveth light. Now, I think I'll just stop in this, the entrance of thy word. Earlier we read, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But it, it doesn't just become a light unto the feet and a light to the path. The, the lamp must shine. Does that make sense? Yes, and that is what this one thirty seven says. The entrance of thy word giveth light. Meaning that the lamp does not give. You know what a, a lamp does when you are walking in the path is that it shines. And what it's doing is it's giving it light. Mm-hmm. Then when it gives its light, then it shines. Or let's say when it shines, it's giving its light to you so you can see. What that now means is that there is an entrance into the world. And that's what 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is talking about, about the ministration of the Spirit. Because without the ministration of the Spirit, there is no entrance into the world. Does that make sense? Because you can't just carry this thing and read it and assume you know it. They are called Bible passage. Have you ever thought that what, the, what is the passage? It's a path. <laughs> it's a passage. It's where you pass yes, to get somewhere. Yes, sir. I remember a passage back in Nigeria. You know, here they, they, I don't, yes. they, they actually have passages in this in the, the way they design their house here. Well, but they are still passages. We can consider that a passage. Eh? The, where we take to get to the kitchen or to room, there's a mapped passage in our head, even though it's not designated. But in Nigeria, I like that we get passage where, 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 because once you enter the house, where you are going to the rooms, you can have a long passage where you can take to enter the house and then go to, and come out at the back. 
or to get into specific aspects of the house. So a passage is where you pass to give you access to a place. Right? The word of God is also a passage. That's why we call it Bible passages. Meaning that this Bible ought to lead us somewhere. So reading it is the beginning of it taking us where it's supposed to take us to. When we read it, we read it, the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God can come and rest on the Word. And then begin to, sh- then allows the Word to give you entrance or allow you to pass through into an understanding. Does that make sense? <laughs> so, how God gives His light is, by, this, that's what this scripture is explaining. Meaning that when God commands His, when God commands His light to shine to you, is when the scripture begins to lighten up and then open up to you. Does that make sense? And then it begins to shine. Means the word is giving it light. We need entrance into the word to get into understanding. So the entrance of its word giveth light. So the entrance into this word giveth knowledge. Because I'm trying to substitute light for knowledge. Right? And I think this is where I'll stop, but I'm just rounding up. The entrance of this world, which we ought to be reading this Bible, we ought to keep reading and keep reading and keep reading. So the entrance of this world would shine light. It means that we need to be praying that God will give us entrance into his world. Because when entrance is given, understanding is certain. Doesn't mean understanding will come right away, but it means that there's a chance for understanding because when the light shines, you still need to meditate. Yes, sir. Keep meditating. When the light shines and understanding is coming, ah, why we say we understand something? Don't when we know it. We know it first. It's a form of understanding, but it's not really understanding. What understanding has done is when we actually understand it. it, it, it it's the what we understand can translate into something we can live. That's really when we understand. But. There's an operation of the spirit that is wisdom and understanding, which is what God activates when a soul needs to push into the kingdom. And then you are beginning to receive things of Christ. Wisdom and understanding needs to come, and then all of a sudden it will will open us into a world of revelation. And a world of revelation is what we call a world of entrance. Revelation means entrance. When revelation comes, an entrance has been given. So that this word. Is how God gives His light to His soul by causing entrance into the world. Amen. Are we blessed tonight? Yes, sir. Do you have any question? I know I finished early. See, I finished early. I didn't finish too late today. Amen. No question. Amen. All right. Let's just begin to thank God for today. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Thank you for your word. Can we just begin to pray tonight for help that we receive entrance into the word of God, that entrances will be ministered to us concerning the word of God. We need, we need, if we are going to receive God's light, we need access into his word. Can we just begin to pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation? Counsel and can we just begin to pray for entrance, that heaven will give us entrance into his word. That we will not be devoid of entrance into God's word. That God's word will become part and parcel of what it will become our friend. The word of God will be our light. 
that will begin to see the word of God clearly as the light of God and as the passage into God's life. That wherever we need to make commitment to his word, we'll be rearranging our heart and our heart commitment to God's word. To bury ourselves in the word as we ought to. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Jesus. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your mercy. Thank you for grace and help to, to study your word, even to move into that which you are teaching us, because it has exalted in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we pray, O oh Lord, concerning your word, that you would renew our heart's commitment to your word afresh, even to commit ourselves to your word, in your, in your word, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray for help, and we pray for an anointing and baptism of your spirit afresh, for new love, fresh love for your word. That you develop a new love relationship for your word, for the purpose of your light in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth.